With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. back with another live episode of Bully Ball on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez and her hair. Steph, what's going on? Uh, we were just having a discussion about your shirt. Um, do you want to discuss your shirt and the history of it and what year that was and where you were when that happened? So this is from the 1995 Super Bowl. Um, it doesn't say who won. It's just uh, Chargers, 49ers. That's at the bottom. Um but yeah, I was four years old when when that game happened. And so obviously we were just talking about the fact that I don't remember any of the Fort Thunder Super Bowls. I wish I could have because I know there's some really good years. I, on the other hand, have um, Tom Sula, you know, uh, Tim Rattay, Nolan, you know, all the OGs from back in the day. So you yeah. can't you can't not call me a faithful because I started rooting for this team in that time. So. You know, the best part about all this is, is is I want to have a quick conversation before we get into, you know, what's going on with this team and everything. But that's what I always kind of tell people is that the younger 49er fans that weren't there for the glory are the ones that are really like down, down. Right. Um, a lot of younger kids, when the 49ers were a dynasty and winning Super Bowls, chose the 49ers because they were a dynasty and they were, you know, a Super Bowl team. There's something about the younger fan base that is tough. They've been through a lot. They know nothing but pain, so they really love this team. And what I really want to talk about is this, is I only have a memory of the 1995 Super Bowl. I remember watching it, like I was telling you earlier, at a bar in the Bronx with my father. 
And I mean, obviously I wasn't old enough to drink, so don't jump to conclusions, people. I was I was probably, I think, 10 or 11 years old, so relax. Um, but it, it always kind of harkens back to this conversation for me. Super Bowls that happened before I was alive are things that I'm super happy that my franchise has accomplished. But I don't count and I don't have emotional ties to, right? For example, the New York Yankees have 27 World Series. They have five. I wasn't alive in 1923. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. I don't care what Babe Ruth did. I don't care what Mickey Mantle did. Not that I don't care what Joe Montana did. It's just how can you ask a fan to be emotionally tied to things that they did not see? So when you ask a younger fan, hey, what's your favorite 49er moment? And they say, cat running over the, the Packers or, you know, um, this this and this game that doesn't result in a Super Bowl. How can you knock them for that and then say, well, why wouldn't you say Dwight Clark? Well, that was 1981. I wasn't alive. Why would I say that? So I, I wanted to ask you about that stuff. It's like you can have a... You can have a respect for what your franchise has done, but you're not emotionally tied to things that happened before you were alive. Like, again, I don't care that Babe Ruth hit 60 home runs. I don't care that Joe DiMaggio had a 56-game hitting streak. I don't care that Roger Maris hit 61 home runs. You know why? I wasn't alive. So I don't count those championships in my mind. I mean, I, I still count them and, you know, not everyone's going to have an emotional attachment to it. Like you said, I mean, I, I think wa watching the catch, like I get chills, right? Like I can right. feel that, but yeah, I mean, it's just hard when, when he, people talk about the nostalgia of that time, that era, and you, you weren't there. Like, yes, I was alive, but I was four years old, you know, I was three, two. So yeah, I, I, I lack that and that, you know, I wish I had that, you know, so I'm hoping that this regime, this team can get there. At some point in my lifetime, hmm. I would like to see a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is I'm I'm a historian of anything, well, anything that I like, right? Comics, hip hop, you know, football, baseball, right? Like, I understand I do the history, but at the same time, man, I'm not emotionally tied to them. But anyway, that was a nice little intro. Hey. Guys, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell for when we all go live, and make sure that you find the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcast stuff. There was an actual football game this week. And I sent out a tweet, and I'm going to reiterate it on here just in case you didn't see it. The 49ers may have been in preseason mode, but 49ers Twitter is in peak midseason. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're a well-oiled machine right now. I mean, the – the the outright panic, the overreacting to certain things. Um, it's a sight to see, Steph. That's the that's the best way I can put it. Uh, what were your what were your thoughts about this game? And then I'll I'll piggyback off of whatever it is that you think. Well, first I want to say that my dad sent me that tweet that you tweeted. He doesn't even have Twitter, so oh wow, how did he pretty, find it? I don't even know, but I was like, hey, that's that, electric. That's, that's my co-host right there. That's electric. <laughs> Look at that, man. That that makes me feel so much better. But it's so true. I mean, you know, the panic, all of that, the overreactions that has already started. It's great to be back. It's great okay. to be back. We're Look, all the way overall, back. I know we're going to get to some of these players and what we thought about their performance. Overall, it's a performance you want to forget, right? But at yeah. the same time, it is preseason, so you always take that to, into account. I also heard, and I know Greg Papa said this too, that the Raiders game planned 
for this game. And that mm-hmm. does make me feel better if mm-hmm. if that were the case because it does it did kind of look like they had a plan going into this game uh and they executed it. 49ers on the other hand, obviously because it's a preseason game, there's no game planning involved. And so I I think we saw that on the field, right? So Overall, it's a game you want to forget, but I think there were some positives too, and I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. Um, but much more negatives, I think. But it's preseason, first preseason game, so I'm going to see um, what happens in the next one. My feelings going into this, and not to be a wet blanket, was you weren't going to learn anything about this football team based on this game. You just weren't. When you have 19 18, 19 positions of your starting offense and defense locked in. Not Nobody's going to be playing in this game. What am I to learn from this game? Nothing, right? Like at this point, it's, it's more about right now just getting through the game healthy and trying to figure out what you have on the back end. I kind of want to start this with the quarterback, but I do want to start this with the offensive line. And I kind of want to start this with a mini rant. For so many people that are so worried about backup offensive linemen, come close. Backup offensive linemen aren't that good for any team. Nobody has good backup offensive linemen. That's why they're backups. And for you to say, well, God forbid, if these guys get hurt, are you planning on all five offensive linemen to be injured at the same time? <laughs> Jay, I mean, if you- wait, I want to. <laughs> I mean, if I want you are- to interrupt your rant because I literally tweeted that. I was like. If the 49ers have to play their entire second unit on the offensive line, they're in big trouble. That was well, a joke. That that would well, never – that would literally never happen. It would literally everyone in the happen. comments was like, that's true for every team. Congratulations. You missed the joke. So, Go on. the Kansas City Chiefs literally had to play all five of their backups in the Super Bowl and lost. That's like a one in a million chance. Now, let's say, for instance, one of these five starters misses a game and you have to play one of them. Guess what? That one will be playing with four other starters, and Kyle Shanahan will be able to game plan around that and not leave that player on an island and and play to their strengths. Guys, come on. Come on. Please, let's, let's use our rationale. So the offensive line doesn't play well because they're backups. Nick Sakel gets pushed around. Jason Paul, for whatever reason everybody wants to see, he might be too little. He might be too little. It's It's very possible. He's too little to play. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But this all kind of ties a little bit into Trey Lance because I do think that while you can't just say it was all the offensive line, you can't just say it was all Trey either. 
I think the answer is somewhere in the middle in terms of his performance. Sure, in the first drive, it felt like that first <laughs> that first actual sack was all about the offensive line. They literally crowded him. He couldn't even step back, and he got he got held into a sack. The second part felt like, hey, you had a throw. You've got to rip it right there in that moment. But the idea that this performance, which, you know, you see the stats up here, 10 of 15, 112 yards touchdown. If you didn't watch the game, you would say, man, Trey Lance was zipping it. Trey Lance was probably crushing it. Well, that's why stats don't tell the story. Watch the film. Watch the game. So when I went back and I watched the All-22, which, you know, God bless us, we have already. I saw some good. I saw some bad. I saw some things that he needs to clear up because, hey, guys, you know, come even look, come even closer. He's only played five games and hasn't played in how long? Um, I look at, uh-oh, I'm by myself. I look at the good, the bad, and I look at it like, hey, oh, no, because I think Rob thought I was going to go crazy uh, with the rant. <laughs> I look at some of the good, I look at some of the bad, and some of that has to be contextualized with how little he's played, how long he's been out. And unfortunately, the good, and Double B Studio says, I blame Kyle Moore, got out coached. I got something to say about that as well, too, but I'll let Steph go, and then we'll get to that. So leave this one up, Rob. Is there is things that he needs to improve on. Unfortunately, he needs reps, and I don't think that this team can give him the reps and development that he deserves, which is unfortunate. We literally just woke up this morning to the Indianapolis Colts saying, we're starting Anthony Richardson. The Carolina Panthers said, we're starting Bryce Young. Last, you know, three years ago, Justin Fields could start with the Bears. All of these teams don't have Super Bowl aspirations. So the development process can happen for these young men. Just happens to be unfortunate, the circumstances. What do you think, Steph? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Watching the game live, it was definitely a lot worse than it was watching it back a second time. I do agree with that. And, you know, the offensive line and the quarterback, that's a two-way street. And sacks are a a two-way street. I think, again, you could have blamed some on the offensive line. You could have probably blamed a couple on Trey Lance. Um, That's just the nature of it. And, again, it's two-way street. But I think I maybe expected a little too much out of Trey Lance. And maybe it was unfair of me to expect a better performance out of Lance, just based on what you mentioned. He doesn't have a lot of experience under his belt. He is also coming off an injury. Um, And so all those things put together, I mean, that probably makes for some struggles early on. And we did see that as the game went on, he did get more comfortable. That being said, there's, there's a lot of things that I see with Lance that, I don't know if he's going to be able to turn around in such short amount of time. I mean, there's hesitation. Um, I think some of that did improve as the game went on, but windows to throw the football in the NFL, they're fleeting and they fleet very quickly. So that split second thought of, should I make this throw windows already close. So I think we saw that early in the game with Lance And, you know, I was actually surprised that Kyle Shanahan wasn't as critical as I thought he would be. on. Very good sign. That's a good sign. Um, And I think it tells you a little bit about how how, um, Kyle Shanahan evaluates the position and certainly process over results. I think uh, one 
Yeah, and, and a lot of fans don't always look at it that way. So I think it's it's good to remember and try to see this from Kyle Shanahan's vantage point because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we think. Mm-hmm. All that matters is what Kyle Shanahan thinks. Well, the thing is, is this, and I kind of wanted to talk about the positives, right? Um, the off-schedule stuff, right? Like the the little jump throw, right? That might not look like yeah, anything, that was- but that's that was really nice. That's something that you really want to see. But then there were the two throws to Conley from the pocket that he absolutely ripped that I posted on Twitter from All22. Like it's it's a beautiful thing to watch him just grip it, rip it. And and another positive is as the game went on, he got more comfortable when the line finally settled down and, and Kyle started to get into his bag and give him the easy throws and everything as well too. But I wanted to point something out because I've seen a lot of Kyle didn't do him any favors with his play calling early on. I would like to present this perspective. When you're in training camp, there's no way to simulate game situations because anybody who's ever been there, you know, when someone gets beat off the offensive line and they're getting a sack, they just touch Lance on the small of his back and that signifies sack, but the play goes on and he's allowed to roll out and still complete the pass. What Kyle Shanahan was doing was asking Trey Lance to work on the things that he needed to be more consistent on in a game situation where guys are trying to attack you. So there's no way to simulate that in practice. The only way to simulate that is against guys who are fighting for their 53 man lives on the other side and are trying to make a name for themselves. He wants you to get to the line. He wants you to be able to diagnose, okay, what are you looking at? Are are they disguising anything, right? Your defense in front of you that is your team, you've seen it. You understand those things. So this is the thing about practice. When we talk about like, wow, you know, this is what he did in practice. It's like it should be with a bit of a grain of salt. And the reason that Brock Purdy is the quarterback one is because he's done things in game situations that it doesn't matter what he's done in practice. So Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, was asking Trey Lance, to operate the way that he wants him to operate and improve on the things he needs to improve on in a game situation. It's not going to look pretty, but that's why it always needs improvement. And for the people that are saying, oh, my God, um, the excuses. The guys never played. What excuses? Like, I, I, like, I think we have, a, we have this idea in our head that Trey Lance has been in the league three years, whatever it is that he's played three years in the league. This is actually the exact opposite of Sam Darnold in the entire, like Sam Darnold's played three years. Trey Lance has been on the team for three years. That doesn't mean he's played for three years. So what excuses? What excuses exactly? I don't see this as an excuse more than it is a reason for what you're seeing. You're watching a young man taking his first few snaps. You're watching a young man go through all the the motions. You're watching a young man who has not played football in a very long time. I just don't understand it. So I guess this is where we should go. Debunking the national narrative around Trey Lance's debut, Steph. Dan Orlovsky gets on TV and he says, he cannot play at all in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I've seen enough. You've seen enough on what? What have you seen enough on? Who's seen enough? What is enough? Five games? Six games? That's enough? So now you know. But yet, there's quarterbacks who struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle, and you're just like, yeah, you know, maybe he could be. I think he can be. But Steph, why is it everyone is so quick to rush to bury this young man after after just five, six games, and after this one game after he's been out for so long, it is mind-boggling, Steph. And for the people that say, well, Dan Orlovsky's played the game. He knows more than you. He has a more informed opinion than I do. Probably knows a little bit more than X's and O's than I do, but don't get it. 
fucked up. I actually, I watch the tape and I go through the X's and O's and I've learned a lot about concepts. I do my best to learn as best I can. But my God, Steph, that has got to be one of the most ill-informed things. One of the things that I heard that is so far jumping off the bridge uh, talking about him right now. I, I really don't get it. I think it's twofold, the opinions that we hear from the national media. On on one side, I think it's part of them wanting to confirm their priors. A lot of these guys had the 49ers taking Mac Jones. And because that didn't happen, you know, they're a little irked by that. And they don't want Trey Lance to really pan out. Um, I think another side of that token is they're not emotionally invested in the 49ers and Trey Lance and how he performs. So that being said, they're just looking at the situation very black and white. They don't look at the positives. They don't look at what he could be. I mean, that could be admirable, admirable. Like maybe, maybe we're a little biased. Maybe we want Trey Lance to do so well that we're, we're really hanging on to like the positives that we see. Um, and so I don't know. I, I think somewhere in the middle is probably where the truth is on, on Trey Lance and what he could be. But I think, it is unfair to just write him off at the same time. But I think the writing on, on the wall that we've been seeing, and we've been saying this too, is that we don't see him getting that opportunity in San Francisco. And the reason for that is because it's so clear. It's so evident that he needs reps. He needs those snaps. We saw it in that game. He got better the more snaps that he got. Kyle Shanahan was like, I wish we could have gotten him a little more plays. Kyle, you're the head coach. Why did you not give him more plays? I hope in the next preseason game, we see a little more of Trey Lance. But anyway, the point being, these preseason games are going to be his, maybe his last shot with the 49ers to prove that he can stick around or he should stick around. And I don't know if that is enough time for Trey Lance to prove that in such short amount of time. So he's already behind the eight ball just based on the position that by no fault of his own, he's been placed in. Right. And Double B Studio says, I'm comparing his team to the Raiders who did everything right. Sunday starts with coaching. Trey needs to play the whole preseason as QB2. Double B Studio, I would love to see Trey play as much. The Raiders aren't going anywhere. They're going to lose 11 and 12 games this year. Like, I, it, it again, they, it's they a hung preseason. their banner. They hung their yeah, banner. It, yeah, the it's pre-season a preseason game. Win. I mean, they, they're also game planning for preseason right. games. Like, who does that? We're going to look back. Know. We're going to look back in week six and week seven and be like, remember when they beat the out of the 49ers in the first um, preseason game and they're just going to be losing a ton of games like they're just not good. It doesn't really matter at this point. I mean, even their announcers, because I watched the Raiders broadcast, by the way, by the way, yell at me all you want. Not a fan of the 49ers broadcast team. So I watched the Raiders broadcast, actually, and Rich Gannon and Matt Millen. They were actually pretty good. But they also had it messed up. Well, these are the guys you're going to see on Sunday. I was like, really? Max Crosby? All these guys? None of them are playing. Like, what? Like, are you guys, like, are you guys, like, at all watching, knowing what you're watching? But for for Trey Lance, it just, it's, he needs reps. This team can't give him reps. And that's it, that's unfortunately. Like, is it fair? No. Do I think it's right? No. Is it the reality? Yes. Life isn't fair. Things don't go the way that you want. It's unfortunate. And the young man just needs reps, right? And it's just, I don't understand how you can say, well, you haven't seen any improvement. Didn't play year one, got injured in year two. And now what? We're like, like he's not going to play like at all this year unless something happens with Brock. How can a young man improve just sitting? Seriously. I just, I, I, I really don't understand that. I'm much of a, you know, there's three ways that people learn. Some people learn by watching. Some people learn by doing. Some people learn by both. I'm a doer. I've got to do it. So if I'm if I'm job training 
and someone's like, you know, showing me something. Sure, I might like grasp a little bit of it, but I need to get in there and I need to make mistakes and I need to get in there and I need to figure it out on my own. So I get my own system down and I get to where I need to get to. Takes a lot of people. You know, I'm a fast learner. Takes people. And, and I don't want to attribute this to playing quarterback because it's the hardest thing to do. I'm a fast learner, but I need to do. And I think, obviously, the only way that we can know what Trey Lance actually is, is that is by doing. And I just don't think we are not going to ever find out this answer. And I think that's so frustrating. So frustrating. And this team, I'm pretty sure they know what they have in Brandon Allen. 30 years old. Been in the league for how however long he's been. You know we have in him. He knows how to play the position. Why is he getting reps? Like... Sam Darnold, same thing. Like he has a ton of reps under his belt. Um, actually, I was talking with Jordan about this yesterday. He's he has about the same sample size as Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a ten year <laughs> player. Like that's kind of crazy to think about. But the point is, I mean, Trey Lance needs a rep, so why not give them to him? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, hopefully, in these next two preseason games, we see a little more of Lance. I would like to see him have as much of a sample size as we saw from Aiden O'Connell. I mean, look at how much time he had. To, yeah, but they were game planning. They they no, like they installed yeah. they installed a whole game plan. <laughs> um, I want to go to this question from Ro. Um, if you could pull that up, uh, do you think Purdy would have played better than Lance with that same lineup? Lance played with Jason. The whole offense was horrendous outside of Bell. Do I think he would have played better? It's possible. Would I have bet on it? I'm not sure. I think we know that Brock Purdy is a superior processor at this point in his career. Doesn't mean that that necessarily would be the case if they had the you know the same amount of college reps and then into you know what they were doing with the offense one like i'd still like to see trey lance with the with the number one offense being able to dump the ball down to christian mccaffrey you know being able to have trent williams blocking his blind side like that would be really cool but i don't know if i can really say that you know definitively um i think what you saw is obviously Purdy is a lot a lot better at processing i don't think that's really hard to say um i think he's a little bit better at diagnosing but you know, it is true that all these things around him weren't exactly ideal, but that's the that's the idea, right? Is it's never going to be ideal. People are going to create pressure. You only have a certain amount of moments to get the ball out. And when you see it, you've got to rip it. You've got to rip it as fast as you can, especially when your offensive line is not blocking well. Kyle, Kyle in the beginning was calling things that were right there for him. Trey would look at it and miss it. And he just we just would hold on to the ball a little too long. And that's something that we've kind of seen. It's like, okay. You're not as comfortable just ripping it right there. You know, maybe Purdy would, maybe he wouldn't, but I would probably put my money on Purdy playing at least a little bit better during certain situations than Lance did just because he just progressed a little bit further. It doesn't mean that I I think that Trey is bad or anything like that. What do you think, Steph? Um, I think I agree with this just because we've seen that Brock Purdy can get the ball out quickly. He plays very instinctually. Um, and there doesn't seem to be any hesitation within his game. Also, I think, as of right now, looking at both Lance and Purdy, I would say Purdy has better pocket awareness and he can escape the pocket a little bit smoother than I've seen from Lance so far. Um, but I think at the end of the day, going back to like process over results and how Kyle Shanahan probably views and evaluates these guys, I think one of the reasons why we see uh, Kyle Shanahan like Brock Purdy so much is because he – he makes those split second decisions. He lets it rip. He takes those risks. And I think that's why we're probably seeing 
a lot of interceptions from Brock Purdy in practice as well because he takes those risks. And I do want to go back to one of the quotes that Kyle Shanahan had um, from yesterday talking about Sunday's game. He's, and this was him talking about the interception or near interception play that ended up being the touchdown. He said, quote, I kind of like seeing him trying to make that play regardless of the result. And obviously we got a little bit lucky. It ended up being a good result. And I wouldn't have been happy if it was a pick, but I can understand what he saw rolling out to the left. Um, and then he went on to say, those are things I want to see more of them, not picks and bad decisions, but just playing a little bit faster, a little more aggressive. So to that point, Kyle just needs to see the process. He needs to know that you see the guy open and you let it rip. And then you live with the results, but at least he knows what you're thinking. And so I think for Kyle, that's what he needs to see, but he can't see something that you're not doing. So I think that's been the issue with Lance so far, and he needs to be more aggressive. That's one thing we've been hearing about him for the last couple of years now. And so I think he really needs to take that feedback and hopefully in the next preseason game, he can let a rip a little more often. Kyle, I love you, buddy, but I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I think that that was your perfect example of, process and results and why the process was bad and the result can blind you from that. I think that was a throw that needed to be either thrown somewhere else or not put in that position. Because if you watch the, you know, you watch the tape, Conley's running into another defender, right? Like, so do you not see him on the backside and you get rid of it? You throw that ball, but for all intents and purposes should have been intercepted and it ends up being a touchdown. If you're looking at the play itself, if you're looking at the result, Whoa, he threw a touchdown pass to Ross Dwelly. Let's say you didn't watch the game. I don't like that throw at all. I really don't. Going to your left, like sliding, and then just trying to come back over the middle like that when you've got guys who are watching your eyes and everything. And, you know, that's another thing that Trey was kind of doing. I mean, you know, when he sees the first read and it's open, he can rip it, like, and he can get it there. But that's the thing is everybody sees where you're looking. So, Cobb, you know, sure, you know, you're the genius. I'm just the, the idiot with the Spider-Man stuff behind me. I get it. I don't agree that that was a, a good process. Like, I don't. And that's that's your perfect example of process over results. You can do everything right, and it can end up being an interception, a la the ball that bounced off Ronnie, Ronnie Bell's chest, right? It was a beautiful throw. Brandon Allen ripped that thing in there. Okay, interception. Your result's bad. You can have a result like a touchdown, and you can say the process was all bad. I just, I just think, again, like, it, we have to all start watching the games a lot to understand exactly what's going on. I understand not everybody's going to want to know X's and O's. What's the concept? What's the progression? What's the read? I understand all that. You don't have to, but I think you can see anybody who has any sort of baseline football knowledge. You can say at times that wasn't exactly what he should have been doing there. That didn't look good. And you know, like you said, not only do the lanes close when you have pass rushes, the lanes close even faster when you have secondary members out there. So, I mean, Kyle may have liked the process. I'm glad to hear that he didn't rip him because I was just waiting for Kyle to just go crazy um, in the in the press conference on him. But to hear that he has said some nice things about him. So, yeah, I, I just look for me. The kid just needs to play. That's all. I don't want to hear about excuses. How can you make excuses for a kid who's never played? I don't understand. Nobody learns by sitting. Nobody. I've never seen it happen, right? We're going to find out what Jordan Love is this year, but that he didn't learn from, you know, from sitting, right? Like he's just, he's just now finally getting to get the reins of the team and we're going to find out. I just find it funny that people are like, oh, he's been with the team this long. He's played like, he's played like less games than like Kyle Juszczyk at quarterback at this point, right? Like I just, I don't get it, man, at this point. So Ink Talk TV says, I think that game was more of who makes the 53, 100%. Do you think that Kyle is protecting Purdy from national criticism, and that's why he didn't play? What do you think, Steph? 
No, I don't think that's the case. I mean, we barely heard yesterday, uh, Monday, that Purdy is no longer has any limitations. He can practice three days in a row. So I think, for one, it's partially because they know that Brock Purdy is the starter, so he doesn't need these reps. You got three other guys in this room that you need to give reps to. Why add another person to that? It's hard enough getting Lance reps, right? So um, adding Purdy to that mix is, I think, unnecessary just based on what he was able to do last year with limited reps in practice and, you know, scout team or whatever he was doing uh, before he got some game action. So I think they think that Purdy's going to be all right. And I don't think they think that there would be any national criticism on Brock Purdy. I think they believe in what he can do. And I know there's a lot of talk about the Purdy interceptions in practice. If it makes you guys feel any better, he was doing the same thing in last year's camp. I mean, I think he just, tries things he probably oh, wait a minute hold on steph hold on steph <laughs> we we've mentioned that so many times like i didn't think purdy was a good i was told hold on i was told purdy was tearing it up at training camp i was told last purdy year? was was making oh, it right. so hard last year for everybody to keep him off the team I was, he he obviously looked like the guy they knew what they had shut up he did not he didn't all. look good he didn't no. look good, but he would barely get so one or two or three reps. All the time, though. I bring this up all the time, though, because I think it's a perfect example, again, of process over results because or like clearly the 49ers evaluate the quarterback position differently than we do because we were me and Jay were over here like, man, this pretty guy sucks, man. Like, Dude, he like, threw the first interception of camp. He threw the first yeah, interception of camp. He, he threw a deep ball that died halfway there and someone intercepted. He, like, I'm just... He, he was, but look what, I mean, look what he did in games. So, But like, that's the thing, practice in games. People call him a gamer, and, you know, it's true. He's not a great practice quarterback. So I think you don't really need to see him in these preseason games, and I think the 49ers trust that he'll be fine in week one. That's going to be a tough game in week one. I would like to see him get some run, you know, before then. So we'll see if he does get, you know, at least a series. Uh, you know, maybe in the third, second preseason. Who knows? I don't know what they're what they're thinking is with Purdy right now. Uh, but no, I don't think they were trying to save him any criticism. No, no, no I think uh, it was all part of the plan because he got cleared. You know, now he can throw every single day. Not really too worried about it. But look, I mean, to kind of push back on, you know, I I don't know who would say that Brock Purdy was good last preseason, uh, last training camp. There would be days where he would get one or two or three reps. That's it. That is it. And they would literally get Trey right back on the field because you know who needed the reps? The starting quarterback. And for all the people that were like, oh, they knew what they had with Brock Purdy. Yeah. Then why bring back Jimmy? You could have just kept Purdy and just kept Lance if you felt so happy for him. You know, like, or you were just like, oh, we're so happy. What happened? I don't think they knew they had all that with Brock. That, but that's like but liked, no, no, but that's what, potential. But I don't think they knew he was going to. That's do what all people that. tell me all the time. Well, in training camp, he tore it up. Really? Were you there? No, because yeah. I was there and he didn't. Like he just did not. He was not great. So that's my thing. It's like, oh, they always knew what they had, or, or they knew he was a guy. How did they know he was a guy when the guy wasn't even playing well in those games? Now, what Purdy did is, is he played well in the preseason. He made throws in Minnesota. He made throws in a Texans game, which made it very hard for them to get rid of him. And that's the part, right? We're literally going back to practice. How do you weigh practices? How do you weigh games? The reason that Brock Purdy deserves to be the quarterback one going into the season is because what he has done in games. Mm -hmm. But the idea that he was just lighting it up all training camp, I want to stomp that out. I want to stomp that out right now. 
Um, Chris Bean, he didn't beat out Nate Sudfeld. Nate Sudfeld took out uh, way more reps than him. And when they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo, Nate Sudfeld was somebody that they were able to let go and they just put Brock Purdy on the practice squad. Yeah, it was, it was, that was more of a roster like Sudfeld, Sudfeld had, Sudfeld had consecutive days where he was miles ahead of Brock Purdy, miles ahead of him. It wasn't that they beat him out. When Jimmy Garoppolo signs and he's your backup, Jimmy Garoppolo's not going on a practice squad. He goes as the number two, and then Brock Purdy goes on a practice squad. They cut. We like fully- Brock, by the way. I don't want yeah. to see- make it seem right. like we think Brock is terrible. They cut a fully paid he, Nate not Suffield. A great practice quarterback. They cut a, a fully paid Nate Sudfeld and kept Purdy because they didn't want to risk him clearing waivers. No, they signed Jimmy Garoppolo and Nate Sudfeld was easy to cut because it was only a million dollars or whatever, two million dollars, same thing. And then you keep Purdy on the practice squad because you you wanted to hold on to him. Brock Purdy did not outperform Nate Sudfeld last year. Circumstances changed when Jimmy Garoppolo showed back. That's it. When Jimmy Garoppolo showed back up, it made Nate Sudfeld absolutely expendable. Do not get it twisted if you believe that Brock Purdy outplayed Nate Sudfeld because he didn't. Some of the better throws, even including Trey Lance from training camp last year, were from Nate Sudfeld. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Steph, let's talk about this game um, a little bit more. Let's talk positives. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Are they are there positives? No. What? What did you think about Ambry Thomas? Ambry Thomas is a positive. Thank you for starting there because that's exactly <laughs> um, where I wanted to go with this. Look, um, I feel kind of bad because we kind of think about like Ambry Thomas as an afterthought, and we think about him as somebody who probably wasn't going to make this team. But God, you've got to give the kid credit, man. The same thing that I say about Trey Lance is the same thing that every person that's on here uh, that's trying to fight for a 53-man roster is anytime you step on the field, whether it's practice or preseason, you've got to, you've got to take your opportunity and seize it. And every Thomas did that. And I'm very shocked at that. And it was in coverage. He also helped Kerry Hyder stop that fourth down. Whether he becomes a part of the rotation or becomes the number three receipt uh, the number three corner. I'm impressed with him getting off the mat, like the literal mat. Like no one believed that he was going to make this team. And and it's just, I'm shocked that this young man played as fast as he did. And it was really nice to see. And this is coming from somebody who hasn't really had many nice things to say about Embry Thomas. That was really my biggest positive. But besides him and Ronnie Bell, I mean, it would probably be Embry Thomas, man, because of the situation surrounding him. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think it was last week that I spoke about it, right? And Ambry Thomas and and how Matt Mayoko interviewed him. And 
how I felt like, hey, maybe he might turn a corner. And I do think the 49ers still believe in him. And so I think there's there's still room for him to to make this roster. And based on how he played yesterday, I, I think he he has a very good chance of of doing that. And yeah, it, it was in coverage and it was in run support as well. So he was kind of contributing in a lot of different ways. And I think that's exactly what you want to see out of someone. He has the talent. I think last year was just a lot of confidence issues. It was a lot of, I mean, he said it being behind the eight ball, coming into camp, uh, gaining nearly 20 pounds at bad weight, uh, or was it losing? It was losing 20 pounds ahead of last year's camp. And, you know, so he got behind and was never really able to regain his footing on that season. And so going into this year now, and we also talked about, you know, Steve Wilkes and, and his contributions to the secondary, how he can help some of these younger players take that next step um, in their careers. I think Ambry Thomas is someone who's going to benefit from that a lot. And I think what we saw in that preseason game is a product of that. So hopefully he could keep it going. But as of right now, I feel very encouraged by what I saw from Ambry Thomas. So I, I know, like you said, we've been very critical of Ambry Thomas. I think it was warranted at that time. That being said, I think we we always preach uh, being able to change your opinion with presented when oh, yeah. presented with new information. And mm-hmm. we got new information from Ambry Thomas in that game on Sunday. He looked good. I think yeah. he should make this roster. Right. So, um, but another positive that that you mentioned, Jay, was Ronnie Bell. I, I thought Ronnie Bell looked good, and we were talking about Ray Ray McLeod since he's going to be out for an extended period of time. That makes way for Ronnie Bell to make this roster and and fight for that last spot for these wide receivers. And I think based on what I saw, he looks ready to do that. I mean, yeah. maybe one of his his best catch was the the pass from uh, Sam Darnold. He did have that you know drop that turned into the interception, but all in all, I think he he showed that he's, he's ready. The lights aren't too bright for him and he was reliable for these guys, all the quarterbacks. So I liked what I saw from Ronnie bell. Hope we can see more. Um, can I, can I do one negative? Go. And I think I know where you're going with this. And maybe I expected too much from Javon Kenlaw too. Yeah. But just based yeah. on, but dude, he was killing it in camp. He was, yeah. he was doing really well in camp. But he was getting pushed around. I was like, who yeah. is this guy? This cannot be the same guy who was wearing the do-rag and the sunglasses in practice, who was like, had a quick get-off and looked explosive. Yeah. I did not see any of that. I, I don't know what happened. <sighs> yeah, it, it looked very much like the guy in the NFC Championship game. He just, every time I saw 99, he was five yards away off of the offensive, off of the line of scrimmage. And I'm just like, no, man, please, like, don't do this again. Um, Yeah, unfortunately. He is, he is. Unfortunately, I don't know what it is. Is it a matter of technique? We know it's not physical build. The man is, like, literally built like a Greek, Greek mythology, um, you know, character, like, yeah, that's a big negative, man. It really is, especially with the way that everyone was talking about it. He's healthy. He's lost weight. You know, he's got the pressure off the knee, man. It just, it does not look good, man. He just continued to get pushed back and forth and forth. And it's just, it's like, man, really all you really need from Ken Law is to just occupy bodies, stay stay upright, like hold hold those gaps. So maybe there, if he can't make the tackle, he's got a guy, two guys on him, someone, he goes somewhere else and someone else is able to make the play. It's just, it's unfortunate, man. It is just one game. 
it is just one game, but it is a little bit concerning to see that, especially against the second team offensive line. Back to Ronnie Bell, though, man. Um, you know, obviously with Ray Ray McLeod's injury, this opens up a lane for somebody to play. And I think Ronnie Bell is, you know, bursting through that door right now. And uh, Ricky Williams says, we need to trade for a D-line, O-line impact player. Skill players are nice and nothing to worry about, but I find it hard to believe we're going to get past the Eagles or even Cowboys with this current O-line, D-line. Ricky, I understand the sentiment because you want impact players everywhere. But to be fair, I haven't seen the first team offensive line or defensive line. And Nick Bosa is still not in camp, so I'm not necessarily sure that I feel this way. What you're watching are guys that are going to rotate with three other guys that are going to be starting. So if you see Javon Kinlaw, it won't be Kinlaw, Hyder, uh, Kevin Gibbons all together on the sa- at the same time. Um, I think that's a slight overreaction, but I understand the sentiment a little bit when you what you're talking about. I agree. I'm not I'm not worried about the trenches. I mean, that's usually one of the things right. that with game planning that does improve. So mm-hmm. remember, no game planning the, in these preseason games. You do want to see some players flash. So I, I do agree a bit on that. I was expecting a little bit more out of the defensive line. Uh, but I mean... I think as the season progresses, we'll we'll see those guys make plays. And I actually thought Clinton Farrell had a had a pretty good game. Clinton Farrell revenge game and Jordan Willis revenge game. He made a really nice play as well too. Good to see you, Jordan Willis. Um, BNA uh, music. Thank you for the donation, buddy. He says Kyle gets upset when quarterbacks don't attempt the throws he wants. I agree with that. Remember the Mullins play. Trey followed Kyle's process, even if it wasn't correct. But Kyle's a genius. Designed ints is wild. Um, a little bit to Steph's point because she already said it. Basically, it was straight up just. Hey, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Are you seeing what you're supposed to see? This is the progression. This is the read. Um, all that other stuff will come with time. The mental aspect is the stuff that you really are worried about. Again, it's going to be process over results, but I understand the sentiment, and I do agree with the top part. Kyle gets upset when quarterbacks don't attempt the throws he wants. He could literally throw a 60-yard bomb for a touchdown, and he'll bring him back to the sideline and be like, that wasn't the read. The read was over here. Like He literally did that of... to Brock Purdy yep. last year. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> On the Kittle touchdown, uh-huh. and that was against the Raiders, I'm pretty sure. Right, that was. I mean, he had Juwan Jennings, but he made it a little bit harder, bailed out of pocket, and hey, you know, process results. And I think I think Kyle, I think we can firmly say Kyle's a big process guy. He's a big process guy. Um, Ink Talk says, is post-surgery Purdy the same from last year? We're going to find out. Yeah, we don't know yet. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. We are going to find out. I would suspect that these next two games, you're going to see a lot more Purdy. I wouldn't overreact to anything that you see in preseason. There's guys that rip it in preseason, can't do anything when the lights come on. Um, You just want to see him get out there, make some throws. More importantly, I think the biggest positive from this game, everybody basically got out healthy. And that's that's the part that you always worry about. But I guess we should talk negatives. And I don't want to be negative, but there are some negatives. Um. So generally, when you talk about starters playing, well, none of the starters played, but it kind of felt like Isaiah Oliver was a presumed starter, Steph, and he's out there with the second string guys. And also... He was out there a while, too. Yeah, and also, you could look at it two ways. You could say, oh, wow, they have confidence in him, but if you're the starter, why do they want you out there? Is it a little bit concerning that Isaiah Oliver wasn't in the same zip code as some of these receivers when they were catching passes? For Isaiah Oliver, yes, it's concerning because Kyle Shanahan said he's not a guaranteed starter. For the 49ers, I mean, competition is good. Clearly, there's some other guys who have stepped up who have maybe made that decision, uh, you know, a little difficult. And I think probably a little of Isaiah Oliver maybe not playing as well as you would have expected when you signed him. Uh, Probably a little of both because based on what we saw yesterday, 
I think we could see he was getting cooked by Keelan Cole. Like, come on now, you can't let that happen. So, so uh, with that being said, I don't really know who would be the next guy in line that's maybe pushing uh, him for that nickel spot. I mean, Deshaun Jameson is someone who has gotten a lot of praise, and I think he I think scene, he's though. one. He's one of the positives. He looked great in yep. in return duty. As long uh, as there's so- no penalties. On every yeah. single return. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's true. Uh, special teams as a whole may be a negative. But Deshaun Jameson uh, could potentially, you know, make this roster. And maybe he is pushing Oliver for that nickel spot. Also, I mean, Samuel Womack has played there in the past. I know he, he was playing on the outside uh, on Sunday. So don't I don't like know that. if he's he's the guy that they're thinking like of. That. AJ Parker was was playing at the nickel as well. And he made a few plays, so who knows? I think it's still it's still up for interpretation who that guy is and who's pushing Isaiah Oliver. But I think Oliver is is leaving some to to be desired right now, and I think that's what it is. Yeah, Sammy Woman can't play outside. Um, it's just it, it, you saw it in the Atlanta game, and then you saw it rear his head again. Like he's just built to play inside a little bit more, and and maybe he's the guy because he was a starter last year. Maybe he's the guy to push. Um, again, you don't want to overreact too much, but the signs kind of tell you, right? Like when you're looking at teams' plans, if you're saying all your starters are not going to be there, then why is Isaiah Oliver out there? Do you want him to just get reps? or Because he played all of last year. Remember, his one interception was against the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. And Kyle Shanahan said uh, about Oliver, he isn't a guaranteed starter. He's been doing that spot a lot, but there's a lot of competition there. So I, I just I think that, again, it was kind of strange to see him out there a little bit. So. Um, other negatives, uh, the defensive line, again, was getting pushed around. It wasn't just Javon Kinlaw. Kevin Gibbons was getting pushed around. You know, Kerry Hyder had a very nice play. That was good as well, too. Um, we might as well get to it. We might as well not bury the lead. I'll let you take this first. Jake Moody. <laughs> oh, you're going to let me take this first? I'm going to let you take it first. Because <laughs> you're going to cook. No, um, I'm, not. I'm not actually. I, yeah, I'm gonna is, disappoint. I'm gonna disappoint a lot of people today. He says really that, am. and then he's gonna yell Watch, go on see. a five-minute nope, rant talking see. about Moody. I am okay. not. You'll see. Right. I guarantee. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, that is not great. Two misses from Jake. Moody. Not great, one, Bob. One of them was like what forty yards or something like that. Uh-huh. It, it was relatively short, like doable. The other one was fifty-eight, and so that one a little bit longer, but he shanked that. We know he has the leg to hit both of these, but they just they he missed both of them. Not great. He has been missing some in camp. Like I know we're impressed by oh, like he made a sixty yarder and he had room to spare. That's great. But in obviously in these game situations, you want to be able to make those. And the kicking position is a lot about the mental aspect. Is a basically a one player sport. You're not part of the football team. You're just the guy who goes out and and kicks. What? Oh wait, hold on, Steph. Why are you why are you disparaging kickers? Are are, well, are you, you know trying to I mean? tell me they're, that they're, kickers they're aren't not, football players? <laughs> hey, I I didn't say that. You did. I did not. It sounds like you're implying that kickers aren't football players. I I I I'm, well, I've been very much of an advocate of their people. It's a very uh, solo position. I'll say that. I love that. I love that my. I love that my brand has become like getting tagged whenever a kicker does anything. Um, I'm going to disappoint all of you. I think it's fine. I don't care. I really don't. Wow. If he makes all of them, if he makes all of them during the season, who cares? 
right? I don't care, man. So my worry, though, like, while I do agree with that, it is just the preseason, but my worry with kickers being that it is such a mental position to play, mm-hmm. confidence is huge. Yeah. And if you miss, and he missed two in a row, and he said he wanted a third one to just kind of shake off the previous two and hope he would have made a third one. That's what you want to hear? He he didn't he didn't get that opportunity. So yeah. now the, the last memory he has of him kicking in a game are two misses. And that he's going to live with that for a week and see how he does in the next preseason game. Hopefully he hits those and he could shake it off. Uh, but this is where like the mental aspect of, of that position comes into play and it's a huge deal. So hopefully it's not something that can snowball and go into the regular season. But yeah, I mean, in a vacuum, it's not a big deal, but bigger picture, it might be. So I want to see how he does in the second preseason game. I'm not too worried about it, man. One thing about me is that's just a preseason game. But you must be out of your mind if you think I'm not going to get these jokes off. Like, that's the <laughs> one thing that, like, if you think I am not going to get these jokes off and lean into this, it. like, you stuff, earned it. Yeah. You earned yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Come on, you man. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> no, look, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I think the kid's got the mental makeup. Um, it's almost like a basketball shooter, right? When you're shooting, you, you know, you get a layup to go through. If he hits like a 30 yarder, he'll be fine. I'm not too worried. I really genuinely am not worried about it. That was the least of my worries. But if you must be out of your mind, if you think I'm not going to get these jokes off, if you don't think that I'm going to cook, I mean, I'm just going to go right to my, my next, uh, jo- my next joke. You know, I don't know, man. I think when you draft somebody, he's got to sit behind a guy named number 10. And I think Zane Gonzalez should start this year while Jake Moody, you know, is trying to figure it out because you need to see improvements in year two. The only way for Jake Moody to improve is not to kick is to sit. Did I do this right? Am I doing it right? You want to see improvement in year two when someone sits and doesn't do anything? Um, yeah, and for the people that are confused, Ronnie Bell wears 10, Zane Gonzalez wears 10, Brandon Allen wears four, Jake Moody wears four. I think the way for Jake Moody to be a successful franchise kicker, which is also still the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, is for him to sit behind number 10 for a year so he can learn behind a veteran. I think that's the 49ers way, so... Um, I saw some comments in here about Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is going to be signed. I wouldn't worry about that too much. Uh, that's the, another one I of my. I saw someone trying to looking. trade Nick Bosa in the comments. I no. What What are we doing? What are we no. doing here? No. Um, one yeah. more negative. Uh oh. Cam Latu. Um. Look. You we've heard all training camp about the the drops. Heard all all about the drops, and David Lombardi posted Trey Lance's warm ups from the press box. And Ronnie Bell goes out for a route, catches it. Um, Ross Dwelly goes out, catches it. He throws one to Cam Latu over the middle. No one's there. It's air. He dropped it. And I didn't even see that, dude. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, no. It is in his head. It's absolutely yes. in his mind. It's yeah. absolutely in his mind. He makes the catch in the game. He's not protecting the ball. The ball is out. This is all. This is all in his head right now. And to your point about confidence, the Cam Latsu thing is very concerning. And with the draft capital that you've invested, can you make a move, like put him on the practice squad? I'm sure someone will try to, to snatch him up. And you can't cut him. So that means that Cam Latsu might make this roster and a really good football player is not going to make this team. So that's a, that's what my issue has been. It's it's not that I've given up on Cameron Latsu. I, I know that when they drafted him, they probably had, you know, long-term um, aspirations for him. 
But based on what he's shown right now, it would not sit right with me if he made this roster and someone else, maybe even Braden Willis, doesn't make the 53. Like, how is that fair, just based on where you were drafted? I get it. I I said that a lot of people were like, so is the same true about Trey Lance? It's a different topic. It's okay? not the same different, thing. Different topic. Different topic. But, you know, the point is, yeah, it doesn't sit right with me. And I don't know what you do if you're the 49ers. I would be tempted. You know, I know teams do this. I would be tempted to not fake an injury, but, hey, he needs to go on IR. He has a, well, he has a hanging out. Well, I think what we're going to hear is Latu sustained an injury at the end of the third game, and boom, he's on IR. And I and someone asked too, I think uh, in one of the in one of the donations, is Ambry going to make the team over Darrell Luter? I think they're going to try to sneak Darrell Luter on IR the entire time um, yeah. as well too to get him through this year. So there is a lane for that. But yeah, I would not be shocked if you hear Kyle Shanahan say, "Yeah, Latu had a, an injury at the end," and you know, I would be fine Bra- with that. I'd be yeah. fine with that. Yeah, and Braden Willis taking someone's spot. Braden Willis has been catching passes and doing things on special teams, mm-hmm. and you would have thought he was the third round pick. So, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, it, it, it that pick always fell. Yeah, exactly. Adductor injury incoming. That always <laughs> felt like it was backwards. Wouldn't Brayden Willis be the one that might have been taken a little bit higher? Latu always felt like it was just like yes. the end, the end yes. of the draft. Yeah, that was that was my issue with the pick. Yeah. It again, it's not that I have anything against Latu, but based mm-hmm. on where each of those guys were drafted, I just for my mental health, I'm going to continue to pretend that Brayden Willis was the third round pick and Latu was was the seventh rounder. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, hey, look, I love we we love multiverses. I, maybe I'll just make it up, you know, like we'll just change it out. But look, to put a wrap on this, you know, like I said earlier, there wasn't really too much you were going to learn about this team. The Super Bowl window isn't closed now because, you know, a bunch of depth players got pushed around by a Raiders team that came out and tried to win the Super Bowl. By the way, the Raiders are joint practicing again this week with the Rams. So they're really going Jeez. to they're really like, you know, ramping up right now as well, too. Would have been nice to see Jimmy Garoppolo. You know I had to get in his name as well, too. What's up, buddy? I see you over there looking good. Came in came in dressed very well um, before the game as well, too. But, um, yeah, there wasn't too much you were going to learn about this team other than what is going on on the 53, who has a chance to steal a spot, who, who did you want to see improvement from. But I would feel far worse about this game if, like, Javon Hargrave played and so did Eric Armstead and, you know, Fred and all these guys played and all that stuff was happening. Joint practices are joint practices. It is what it is. I'm not, you know, again, practice doesn't supersede games, but there's no reason to overreact right now, guys. You know, again, maybe there's concern about certain players, but not concerned about this team. I just, I don't see that. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the same boat. I'm not, I'm not concerned. There's improvements I need to see from some players in this next preseason game. Um, I don't know at at what point do we start to see some of the starters in there? Like do Will that be in the second preseason game or the third now that things have kind of shifted? To me, it never made sense that the second game has like historically been where you play your starters. Shouldn't it be the third one? Like, because that's the well, closest to week one. Like, if you're gonna right. ramp up, go with the game that's closest to week one. When when it was four, when it was four preseason games, you know, back when I was a young boy, the dress rehearsal was the third was the third game. 
Um, and then the fourth game was just literally like a bunch of like non-starters, right? Last year, the dress rehearsal was the third game. Like, so they, it depends yeah, it on what Kyle's thinking. So I think I think with the way that they've kind of ramped up, training camp felt kind of light. Obviously, nobody played mm -hmm. this week. Um, I think you're going to see the third game be the game where you'll see uh, the guys be out there for a half. Um, and, and that's when you'll you'll be able to gauge a little bit more. Obviously, George Kittle, they said, is not going to be back this week. That's fine. doesn't matter. Get him to week one. Don't care. But you're getting a lot of guys back. Dre Greenlaw is going to be back. Um, Oren Burke sounds like he's going to be back soon, um, who's somebody that everybody's talking about for the third linebacker spot. But I just I want to get on here and calm people down a little bit, just a little. Um, you know, what you saw wasn't fun. I think we're all starved for football. I think we're all starved to watch this team. We're all starved to talk about this team. We're all starved to talk about actual football games. But I really can't put too much stock into what happened. I mean, if we go into week four and five and the 49ers are four and one, we're not going to be like, man, remember when the Raiders smoked us in, in preseason week one? Like, you know, for a team that religiously under Kyle Shanahan, aside from 2019, starts slow and figures it out midseason all the way through, you would think you guys would have, well, not you guys, anybody who's panicked. I think you would remember like, hey, you know, this team's pretty loaded. They'll they'll be fine. Like, you know, it's just a preseason game at this point. But without this preseason game, what would we be talking about? Just the quarterback position, the hypotheticals and the things that people say. So, Steph. Yeah, we're still talking about this. <laughs> we're still talking about the quarterback, baby. We can't get away from it, baby. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us. Steph, thank you so much. Make sure you guys are following Steph at Steph49K on Twitter. Me at Jason Aponte2103 on Twitter. Make sure you're following the Gold Standard Podcast Network on Instagram, on Twitter. And you're following the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcasts. And subscribe to the Gold Standard Podcast YouTube channel. You know, subscribe to Jason Aponte and Steph Sanchez's uh, YouTube channel as well, too. They heard they do pretty good work over there as well, too. So thank you guys for tuning in. For Steph, for Jason, we're out of here. Peace.